Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen T. New at newlawoffice.com, stripcamfun.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC located at facebook.com backslash Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, as well as at Stay Classy Meats at stayclassymeats.com where you can use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order and receive a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. This show talks about NBA and covers all topics from all 30 teams in the league and includes guests from experts from all over the world. Make sure you're downloading us on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and more. Be sure to join in on the fun over at WideMenCan'tJump.com as well as on our Facebook group, Wide Men Can't Jump, and follow us on Twitter, at Wide Jump. Now, let's go to the flagship program of this Wide Men Radio Network. Here's Wide Men Can't Jump. Welcome in. It's Wide Men Can't Jump, the podcast world. Wide Men Can't Jump. You can still listen to podcasts with permission from the government, apparently. Uh, they pretty much prevented you from doing anything else that you might want to do. Um, still got to work. Working. Yeah, except yeah. working. Still got to work. Can't go watch a basketball game. Can't go watch a basketball tournament, but you still got to go to work. So, uh, once again, government's sucking the fun out of everything. But nevertheless, here we are. And joining me, as always, the man from the Great White North, the Corona Kid, Tim Dombrova. I feel, Nate, like the coronavirus has done me a solid. And what's that? Well, you know, if all the games go to, you only can watch them on television. I feel like I have a really head start on how to do that the best, as I've spent <laughs> many, de- <laughs> as I have spent many decades perfecting the art of the couch potato. And you uh, you've been practicing for this your whole life. I I feel like the, the, the spotlight is on me, and I'm ready to shine. It's my moment. I, I feel like the the chick in the flash dance. Nothing wrong with that. You know, and I mean, I'm just uh, where are we headed off this off the start here? Where are we going? Well, Before we've go already on. talked about it. Let's uh, let's right. go ahead and do it. Let's go um, on a rant. Yeah, we might as well. We might as well. Uh, what's been going on? Well, let's 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 talk. Okay, NCAA says uh, no fans. Well, let, to... let me. I got the the official news stories here. Uh, according to uh, the sources, and it's come out. It's official. March Madness will go on without fans in attendance, um, and they will be limited to only essential staff and family. Each team will get a hundred and twenty-five tickets. Per for family and staff, and that's it. And they're going to be watching from a distance. So, explain to me then, if if you can or will. Okay. We have a conference tournaments going on right now where the buildings are full. 
what good does keeping fans from the games two or three weeks from now, or a week from now, I guess it would be, right? I guess the first round starts, uh, what, playing games are Tuesday, I believe, something like that. Anyway, next week, anyway. Yeah. So, so how is, what? So right now, nobody's going to get it, and in a week they might, so we better stop this? Like, I don't understand. It's uh, a lot of the a lot of the a lot of the, the people in the sports world are now becoming, you know, the cities are making these decisions. Um, after tonight's game, it was we did find out no more fans are allowed at the Big Ten tournament after tonight's games. Uh, the NCAA is taking a wait and see approach on whether they need to postpone or even cancel the NCAA tournament. Um, that's in the frozen four. Apparently the hockey tournament looks like it's going to go with no spectators. Well, I, too. Saw, I saw today the uh, two teams in the NHL are banning fans, uh, San Jose in California and Columbus, Ohio, which really baffled me because there's only four cases of coronavirus in the state of Ohio. So I was kind of wondering why they're overreacting but they are to me it's an overreaction i understand to some degree why they're doing it um i imagine that the buildings and the league and the owners are probably looking at some type of liability if somebody gets sick and can pinpoint it to that particular event so i understand it from that point of view a tiny bit but as you and i have talked off air um the flu kills tens of thousands of people every year and nobody cares. Nobody says, no one ever says we shouldn't do anything because of the flu virus. Now, granted coronavirus, there's no vaccine. So I'm willing to cut you a bit of slack, but to me, it, it's, it's a mass overreaction in my opinion. I I agree. I thought, um, I thought it was kind of, it's just one of those. I mean, like, are we are we going to start? Clo- if we're so worried about it, why aren't we? I don't know, closing airports and closing the borders and all this kind of stuff to keep people. All the freeways are shut down, so people can't move around. But nobody's doing anything about that. So I don't understand how um, not having ten thousand people at a basketball game. I mean, if it's really a, a, a pandemic, as we're calling it, apparently now, um, I don't see how that helps. I, I just well, don't. Yeah. But the C- smarter minds than mine have made this decision, and people in positions of power have made it, so I guess we just have to kind of live with it. And The, the CBI, the College Basketball Invitational, has been canceled. Uh, there will be no CBI tournament this year. So that's done. The NBA, it's reporting that the NBA has set a conference call with team owners and governors today uh, to discuss the uh, what they need to do about the coronavirus. And apparently what happened was teams should have guidelines for coronavirus in place, which would be arrangement with infectious disease specialists, facility that could conduct testing, plan to limit the team and arena staff, and they're encouraged to limit traveling parties. And many of the, according to this I NBA's mean, discuss, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, 
NBA is discussing scenarios that can include moving some games to cities that have yet to suffer outbreaks, including opponent arenas and neutral sites, and they're discussing a number of possibilities, including eliminating fans from games or suspending game operations for a period of time. Decisions on those options remain complicated by the fact that there had been a limited amount of public testing for coronavirus. And it literally just came out as we were on the air that many of the NBA owners have come together on a consensus that they want to continue the season, but keep the fans out of the buildings. So that's going to be interesting to see a game with no fans. Well, it just, what I find even odder, uh, like I, I don't know what the NBA's stance is going to be, like what the the uh, finer points of it. But the hockey one was we're not we're we're going to let uh, the media, essential staff, uh, arena staff, like they had a list of people that they were going to let in the building, and I kind of thought to myself, aren't the ones who are the most at risk of moving this virus around? Aren't they the guys who are going to the airports and getting on the planes? and stuff wouldn't that be the players wouldn't they be the ones that you should be the most worried about actually spreading it as opposed like for instance in columbus where there are no cases like isn't there a greater risk that the players will give it to fans as opposed to the other way around i suppose but you can't have the game without the the players so i i realize that and that becomes that is going to become the big question is at what point um, I guess the lesser of two evils from a revenue point of view are no fans at the games. What, what is, what's the NBA going to tell ESPN? Well, sorry, you, uh, you don't get to televise any more regular season games. And we're, oh, and by the way, we're going to cancel the playoffs too. So you have a nice night. Uh, where's our 250 mil or whatever the hell they pay for the uh, broadcast rights. Same for the NCAA. I mean, are they going to tell CBS and ESPN that, no, there's not going to be any March Madness this year. We're just going to cancel it. I mean, I don't know. That that's what it comes down to, and a lot of people are are concerned. I know a lot of the arena staff that depend on this income uh, during the year, their paychecks are going to be affected because it's going, they're going to be limited. I don't know. It's just a situation that I mean, I've never seen. Like I mean, you remember yeah, the West Nile virus, the swine flu, the bird flu. I'm trying to we've, I'm trying to remember what they did in Toronto when when the, with the SARS outbreak, but I I don't I don't recall to be honest. I mean there are there are there have got to be a, a I suppose a person could look it up uh, it would take a bit, but I mean you, you should be able to figure out okay how many people in places in cities with franchises. Like, what really is the risk? You know, okay, you got 10, like, okay, tonight there's a hockey game, for instance. This is all I got to work with up here. There's a hockey game in Edmonton. All right, there are four, there's 14 or 19. I believe there's 19 cases, excuse me, of coronavirus in Edmonton. But those people already, they know where they got it from, and they're all quarantined. I haven't heard a word about people not going to the hockey game there. Nothing. So, you know, where where does the paranoia and common sense, where do those two things? Like, I, I, I suspect, Nate, to be honest, if you're like my age or older, maybe you probably ought to sit out mass gatherings for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I'm looking at. 
you know, um, if you're, you would think that that the elderly, you know, if you got kids, you don't bring your kids to the game because this, and if you're, you know, weak immune system, high risk of disease, I'm just. I mean, I I, un- know, just, I under I understand the government. I, I get what they're doing, but in the same breath, people have got to take some responsibility for themselves too, and just okay, I'm I'm in the target zone here. Because it's my understanding, if you're a healthy individual and you get it, your chances of, of you know, it's it's like getting a flu or a cold or whatever. You're going to be sick yeah. for seven to ten days, and that's going to be it. So, now, granted, if you have it and you pass it to somebody else and they die, I guess that's a nasty. I don't know. I mean, I guess at what point are we prepared to put sports ahead of uh, health, I guess, for lack of a better word? Um I don't know where that line is. I mean, I know my initial response is I'm pissed off because for me, you know, to watch the, I mean, I can't go to a March Madness game. So that's not an issue for me, that part, but I can't imagine that the telecast is going to be all that exciting if I can't hear any fans. Well, I hate to, and I'm going to compare it here to pro wrestling. You've seen, like I have, um, you've seen the, Empty ring, empty arena matches aren't very yeah. exciting. They're really not. Well, empty arena well, matches are really not fun, and they're not that exciting. I mean, take it further. Would you want to go see? Uh, okay, you can watch Metallica in concert with a crowd, or you can mm-hmm. go and watch them. You can go and watch them in a fifty thousand seat arena, and you're the only guy there. Exactly. I mean, you know, the vibe is missing. It's going to be different. You know, maybe they can do something telecast-wise. Maybe they can boost some fake sound in or something. I, I don't know. Maybe there's something they can do. But It's going to sound like all you're going to hear are guys yelling squeak, at each other squeaking, and squeaking, squeaking shoes. shoes. Squeaking shoes, which is the most annoying part of a basketball telecast to start it, with. It, it is. It is. Um, um, we'll have I more guess, on this. Like I said, we'll I guess on this as we go. if it comes down to public safety, and the welfare of, of a whole nation, not just sports fans. I guess they got to do what they got to do. If that's what they feel they should be doing. Uh, my problem is, is I'm not sure how much of this is being driven by, you know, is it just politicians? I mean, has anybody talked to healthcare professionals and people who actually know about this kind of stuff? Or is this just power tripping people who, well, I can do this, so I'm going to particularly uh, like I guess like in Ohio for instance where the governor is actually going to pass a law preventing um pu- large public gatherings well it's you know, happened in California as well um okay, but Cal- and, and, and people... California but they're nuts in California so I that's a place I expect it to happen but I don't know there's no well, good answer you've got people that are let me think of the way to put this here what the United States is doing is they're trying to prevent, if you don't follow it, uh, Italy's on lockdown, and they've got a lot of people, and they've got a lot of people that have the virus, and of course there's deaths and and, and all this. But, again, I'm looking at this as we're trying to prevent more than we're trying to anything. This, to me, is a situation of you knowing the risks. Now, granted, I mean, they don't want this to spread. They don't want this, you know, you don't want anybody to go out and get sick and bring it home and have a loved one die. But at the same time, I'm looking at it as 
you know, are we supposed to live here in fear for our lives when I don't feel the need to do that? You know, maybe that's just me. Yeah, I mean, you've got, I mean, I'm looking right now, there are 1,281 confirmed cases of coronavirus in the United States. 36 people have died and eight of those people have recovered so far. So you've got active cases is, uh, you know, what, 1,230 or something like that. How many people do you think got killed in car accidents today? A lot more than that. A lot more than that. And that doesn't stop anybody from getting in a car. Like, I mean, I understand that there's the potential for you to spread the disease. I get that. But it seems like, you know, it's, it just seems like an overreaction. Like I said, I mean, the the flu killed what? I believe it was, it's killed 35,000 people since October. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And nobody is talking about, you know, we should make everybody get a flu vaccine. Well, they that say that, be, but not no, everybody but, but does. But, right, but no, but they don't pass a law saying, okay, you know what? Too many people are dying from the flu. Everybody has to get a shot. People would say, screw that noise. You can't make me do that. I'm waiting. I'm, I, I, I'm sure it'll happen in your country first. Somebody is going to sue the NBA or the NCAA or whatever professional sport it is that they can't go watch. You wait, it'll happen. Somebody will say, you don't have, you don't have the right to keep me from going to a game. I bought a ticket or I paid or whatever. Like, okay, like what are they going to do? Like, okay, let's say the NBA decides, okay, we're going to go fanless for the rest of the season. Are they going to refund season ticket holders? Uh, It would seem that way. I mean, that seems like a, a, a nightmare of epic proportion. What if you bought your tickets from – you're not a season ticket holder and you bought them from somewhere else? How are you going to get your money? Let's say you bought them from StubHub or one of those kind of places. Like, I don't know about the refund policy and all that. Or you bought them from some friend. Or I just see it being a – I don't know. I, I'm just sorry. I mean, in a country of 350 million people, 1,200 people having something is not – cause for alarm for me it just isn't and in, in for me in, in, yeah, i in mean canada, I, I can't argue yeah. that i mean and in canada we're i mean okay a tenth the size so i mean there's 36 million people or 38 million whatever it is there's a hundred cases here in the entire country and yet you're going to tell me i can't go somewhere like i know that's not a sports related thing but it just seems a little bit i don't know uh, I think maybe, I suppose the government's mandate, I mean, if one person dies in the entire country, that's preventable. That's probably one too many, I guess, is how you got to look at it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I get what they're doing. My thing is... I just think the hammer should come down on everything. I don't understand why... It's just this, you know, if the government is really concerned, all right, let's shut down every school, every public school should be closed, uh, daycares, you know, all anywhere where there's, where people who might be sick are in a pile, you know, like, I mean, a university has got to be a horrific place for that. You, 
lots of kids who don't eat properly and all that are tired and all that kind of stuff. I don't see anybody. I mean, there's been a few, but not all of them. I mean, that should be a, a, a nationwide thing. You know, okay, all post-secondary education is put on hold for two weeks. Let's let this thing burn itself out. Uh, I, I just don't know. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Like I said, I guess so. better minds better minds than ours have to deal with this stuff, and this is why I'm not the uh, the head of the department of whatever it is in your country for health and safety <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's why you're not I working for who are you? You're working for the World Health Organization. Yeah, that's 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 why I don't do that job, I guess. So, well, one thing I know, Tim, is you know, coronavirus be damned, it ain't stopping the wide men, that's for sure, and. Even though uh, it can't, I mean, I'm a, uh, even though I'm over fifty, Nate, I'm in such a low risk group because I don't ever leave the house. So yeah, true. You know, the only way I'm getting it's the old lady'd have to bring it home. Yeah, and apparently uh, O.J. Simpson tweeted out coronavirus. Who's afraid? While he was at the store, and a picture of himself wearing a mask, and uh, somebody tweeted him back. Statistically, I may have a better chance of being killed by you than the virus. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that guy wins. That guy gets the gold medal for a Twitter award. He wins Twitter for today. I can't yeah. stop that. That's beautiful. Nobody's topping that. Uh, no, that is well, well done. You got it. I'm, I, I root for that guy. That guy wins. That's that a, guy wins that's everything. That's a Bogsy. That is a Bogsy right there. Yeah, our first Bogsy goes to that man. Uh, <laughs> What a win. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Anyway. Um, well, Tim, in, I'll say that's this. In direct, uh, that's in direct contrast to all the people who think they're clever because they tweeted uh, March sadness. Oh, Well, 82, our 82, episode 000. is titled that. Our, that. That's in our episode title. So, uh, Well, okay. Well, you're a loser then. <laughs> well, you know. Uh, anyway... <laughs> We got some NBA we're going to be talking about here in a little bit. We're going to be joined. OJ. Oh, OJ. OJ should tweet back, hey, if they don't fit, you got to acquit. Yeah, really. Uh, that was that was pretty wonderful. I'm not going to lie. That that gentleman stellar. That gentleman wins. I'm uh, I'm quite quite proud of him for that. All right. Um but anyway, coronavirus uh be damned. Let's look at some yeah, of the, enough of the coronavirus. The ba- the basketball tournaments, the, the college basketball tournaments. The Big Ten tournament kicked off today. There's only been one game played. Minnesota defeated Northwestern 74-57. to Indiana will be playing Nebraska soon. Tomorrow's games, as they pick up in the Big Ten, Rutgers will take on Michigan. Uh, Iowa will play Minnesota. Ohio State plays Purdue. And then Penn State will play the winner of the Indiana-Nebraska game. Then we got Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan State, and Maryland. They all got two buys. And then we'll go through till we get a champion on Sunday. So, Big Ten, uh, going to be fun. They are playing, I believe, in an empty empty arena, as is the Big 12. I mean, I guess you get whatever. I'm saying nothing. Well, I mean, let's look at it. Some Big 12 bracket updates here. Um, as I take a look 
Oh, you need to move to the only conference in the world that matters if you're in the Well, we'll get there. Uh, There will be two first-round games today. Oklahoma State plays Iowa State. The winner will move on to play Kansas. TCU will take on Kansas State. The winner will play Baylor. And then the other first-round matchups are Texas Tech and Texas and Oklahoma-West Virginia. And then we'll go in that tournament from there. All right, let's go to your the one you want to talk about here. Go to the ACC. Let's take a look at what's going on in the ACC tournament here. Some games went down yesterday, but let's take a look at uh, what's going on now. North Carolina defeated Virginia Tech, and Pittsburgh defeated Wake Forest. Now, today, you'll see Clemson and Miami. North Carolina State and Pexley, Clemson and Miami. Clemson defeated Miami. And then North Carolina State lost to Pittsburgh. Currently, Notre Dame is up nine. No, on no, College. no, 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 you're wrong. NC State beat Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I looked at that wrong. Sorry. Yeah. Forgive me. Let's All not right. ruin that, that potential matchup that's coming up because of that game. And then Notre Dame – uh, will play is beating Boston College forty nine to forty, and Syracuse plays North Carolina at nine tonight, roughly. Tomorrow the quarterfinals number one, and this is shocking, Florida State number one in the ACC. They'll play Miami. Number four Duke will play North Carolina State. Virginia will play the winner of the Notre Dame Boston College game. And Louisville will play the winner of the Syracuse-North Carolina game. And then the tournament will finish up on Saturday. One has to wonder, when is the last time that A, Duke was not the number one seed in the ACC, B, they're going to have to beat uh, some pretty good teams to actually win that tournament. Not that for them winning it makes any difference because they're getting in the dance and they're going to get a – they're probably going to, I'm guessing, they're probably going to get a three, at the worst, a four seed, even if they lose. So, Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's what it'll be. The, on, the only thing look about at... that is it'll make, it, it might actually get Duke to have to travel for a change because usually they end up playing in their backyard most times. So, well, heck, right now, home court advantage won't even be a thing in the tournament because there's no fans. Uh, Oregon State, and this is the Pac-12 tournament, Oregon State beat Utah, Arizona topped Washington, Stanford and Colorado is coming up uh, shortly, and then Colorado, or Stanford and Cal, excuse me, and then Colorado will play Washington State. Oregon will take on Oregon State uh, tomorrow. USC will be playing Arizona, the winner of the Stanford-Cal game. Will be playing UCLA and Arizona State will take on the winner of Colorado, Washington State. Their tournament will finish up on Saturday as well. Selection Sunday is this Sunday. We're looking forward to that. Uh, Gonzaga won the WCC with a rousing victory over St. Mary's after they nearly lost to uh, uh, San Francisco. Uh, Gonzaga really showing you what they're made of this year, yeah. folks. You're a betting talk person. About, talk about playing the powerhouses. Yes, that that they do. What a conference that uh, 
Gonzaga just rolls in there on. Let's take a look at the SEC tournament before we have to go to a quick commercial timeout. But uh, let's see here. What we're looking at is, if I'm, let me get this pulled up quickly here. All right, Georgia is playing Ole Miss right now. Georgia is leading 59-47. Vanderbilt will be taking on Arkansas after that. Then Alabama will play Tennessee. Florida will play the winner of Georgia Ole Miss. Missouri will play Texas A&M. And South Carolina will play the winner of Vanderbilt Arkansas. Meanwhile, in the quarterfinals, Kentucky, Mississippi State, Auburn, and LSU all await uh, their opponents after tomorrow. Kentucky the one. Auburn the two, LSU the three, Mississippi State the four. So that's really your that's your Power Five conference tournaments. Not a lot we can really talk about at this time because uh, not a lot of games are going, but they'll get started tomorrow. A lot of the big matchups that everybody's been wanting to see. Any comments, Tim? Uh, I just wanted to say for Ed Bogus Notre Dame. Sorry, Ed. Unless they win, the, unless they unless they win their conference tournament, don't think they're gonna make it. Hey, never say never. And when you never want to say never, you need to contact the law offices of Stephen P. New. If you've been done wrong and treated like gum on your shoe, you need to call Stephen P. New. Give him a call and check out newlawoffice.com. Let's hear some more from the great law offices of Steve New. Personal injury, product liability, workplace accidents mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, and more. All this can be handled at New Law Office with Stephen P. New. It's New Law Office with Stephen P. New. You can get your free consultation today by calling 1-800-208-9169 or 304-362-7345 for your free consultation a new level of personal service. Whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. Be sure to contact Stephen P. New Law Office at newlawoffice.com or again, get your free consultation at 1-800-203-9169. Stephen P. New, answers to your legal questions. Stay Classy Meats is your online meat market where you can get the best quality meat for competitive prices. Head on over to stayclassymeats.com and use the promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order. That's right, if you head to stayclassymeats.com, you can save 10% on your order with promo code WIDEMEN, but that's not all. Not only will Stay Classy Meats give you 10% off, they're also throwing in a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Make sure you get over to stayclassymeats.com right now to check out their selection. Whether it be pork, ribs, chicken, steak, bison, ribeye, or any other type of meat that you desire, you can get it at stayclassymeats.com. They are high-quality meats that you will not want to miss out on. If you like to eat well and eat clean and eat some of the best quality products out there, Stay Classy Meats is for you. Again, head to stayclassymeats.com right now. And again, thanks to our great sponsors, the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com and Stay Classy Meats. Go check them out. Stayclassymeats.com. Use that promo code WIDEMAN and get yourself 
a nice little savings on your order over at Stay Classy Meats. And, uh, you know, all this NCAA talk, all this talk about the coronavirus, we forgot to mention the Golden State Warriors came out and made the announcement the other day that uh, they're not going to be playing without fans in their – they're going to be playing without fans in their building um, from this point forward. And they swear it has nothing to do with their record. It's all about coronavirus. So uh, going forward, the crowd in Golden State probably about the same as what it is right now? Yeah, about the same. About the same as it has been for this season. So, uh, yeah, sorry, Golden State fans. Uh, they were as they were absolutely pummeled last night. Yeah, they really were. Oh, man, <laughs> what, an, what an embarrassment that was. Yeah, it, it was it was a rough that one to watch. Was, that was that was bad. Yeah, even even if you just like scoring and all that, it was still like, my lord, do these like who are these guys out there? I mean, they're just god awful bad. I mean, it's hard to recognize some of the players. Like Wiggins is there, but you're looking at a team that's really they're completely different. Like they're completely different from yeah, and you're just so what they were a year ago. Yeah, even at this point, even though we've sort of, you know, they haven't been good, um, we're still just not accustomed to them being, like, not just bad, but, like, basement-dwelling bad. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, when's, the last, when's the last time the Golden State Warriors were 8-26 and 26 at home? Uh, probably the Baron Davis years, but... <laughs> I mean, you got to go back a bit. I, I know that much. I mean, they, yeah. they're just bad. Well... We want to welcome back now that he is on the line, joining us live tonight. Don't get a lot of live callers in, but we're going to get one tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us from Mass Live News, the host of Locked On Celtics, it's John Corellis back again. We're going to talk some Boston Celtics. John, thanks for joining us here on Wide Men Can't Jump. Always good to hear from you. Hey, man. It's always a pleasure to be on the show. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Doing well, John, and uh, my co-host Tim is here with me, and let's go ahead and break down some uh, what's going on in Beantown right now. Well, um, it, a, a few struggles going on with the Boston Celtics. Um, they are uh, struggling to hold on to leads. That's a problem. Um, they've blown a few leads at home, and um, it's just, I, you know, is it a blip? Is it a problem? Is it something that they have to, you know, uh, worry about in the long term? I mean, that that's something that they're they're going to have to uh, determine at some point. Um, but right now, going through a little bit of a a downturn, and hopefully they can get it back going uh, as the playoffs get closer. Yeah, they lose to the Nets at home. And the Nets are without Kyrie Irving. And when you look at it, that was Karis LeVert's 51-point game. Um, and he was unbelievable. Finished at plus 15 in the plus-minus. What a game for him. But Boston came out. Kimba had 21. Brown had 22. But, you know, I'm looking. There was no uh, no Jason Tatum. And Gordon Hayward only had seven. He only played, you know, a few minutes. Is this a rotation thing? Are, are, are these guys? Are there some injuries we're not seeing, or is this just, you know, the Celtics are wanting to give Tatum a little break? Like, what's going on when it comes to the, the health of some of these players in Boston? Well, I, I think there's a the health of the players in Boston has always been it's been something all uh, all year long. Uh, but 
Brad Stevens is trying to manage the minutes of Jason Tatum. Um, Kemble Walker's been on a minutes restriction because of his knee. Um, but then, you know, you've had various injuries from time to time, guys with uh, a little, you know, Gordon Hayward had a knee issue. Uh, Jalen Brown's been out for a week with a hamstring. And, you know, Tatum's been the one guy, aside from an illness here or there, that's been pretty consistently healthy. And he's, he's, been, he's had to eat up a lot of minutes. And so um, I think Brad Stevens is trying to limit his minutes uh, a bit. And so he, he's not going to be playing like the 40 minutes all the time. Although every once in a while you're going to see them pump him up to like 40 or 40, 42 minutes, something ridiculous, to get him ready for like the playoff load. But right now I think they're really trying to play, uh, play it safe with some of the minutes. So the rotations are going to be a little weird. Tim, you got questions for John on the Celtics? So last night, Celtics clinch a playoff spot. Um, going forward, looks like they've got a pretty decent schedule. Not a lot of big powerhouses on it. Uh, are they going to be happy in the thir- three hole, or are they going to make a push for Toronto? I, I mean, if they were going to make a push for Toronto, they would have done it by now. Um, they had an opportunity when they were playing Brooklyn to uh, to grab that second seed in that game. And if they if they really knew and if they really cared and if they really were trying to um, make that push, like you said, uh, they would have finished that game off and not let go of the rope. So um, I think that at this point now they're, what, three and a half? Or, uh, I didn't see the standings today. But three. They're, they're three. They're three. Yeah. Three games out with less than 20 games to play in Toronto. So that means you have to, you have to beat Toronto and then hope Toronto loses a couple more times uh, than you do over the course of the, the rest of the schedule. And it's possible, but it's, it's very difficult. And uh, if they lose on March 20th, then it's over. Forget it. Um, I think they're going to end up in the, in the three seed myself. Okay, so let's say they end up in the three. Um, Indiana and Philadelphia are kind of fighting for five and six. Yeah. Um, who do you think Boston want to play the 76ers in the first round with home? No. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. I As you were asking the question, as soon as you said Indian Philly, I was, I'm just going to say Indy. Just, it's Indy. That's that's the team. Do not want to deal with Embiid. Do not want to deal with Ben Simmons. I know that they've had their fit issues. I know that this season has been kind of a disaster for them. But if Embiid is healthy and motivated, then uh, he can he would be the best player on the floor by a long by a long shot, I think. And uh, that that would be a problem. So. I'd rather see Indy. It's more of a known quantity. Uh, chances are that either Malcolm Brogdon would still be hurt or just coming off of an injury. And so that, that would kind of help the Celtics. And, you know, we just left Indy last night. And aside from blowing another lead, they won the game. They had that game in control. And I think they've got the personnel, even though, in the, even though Indy's big, they got the personnel to kind of hit Indy in weak spots. So 
Yeah, first round matchup. Yeah. If whatever they need to do to get Indianapolis, uh, uh, Indiana, I, I, I'm in. You would argue that one on one they match up with the Pacers a lot better than they do with the 76ers. Oh yeah, they're definitely. I would rather they match up better with the Pacers. They just don't have anybody to deal with Embiid. Now, the one time they played, the last time they played in Boston, they they handled Embiid very well. Embiid didn't look like himself. He and he still was dealing with a hand injury. Um, and if they can get in his head, I think that's possible. But they just they match up against the Pacers. Even though Miles Turner and and Demontis Sabonis are big guys. They're not just they're not huge, strong, big guys. So Daniel Tice can kind of hang with them, and I think the Celtics have better talent around the perimeter. Uh, as as long as Victor Oladipo is kind of like not full speed, I think the Celtics have better talent around the perimeter. They're, they they would just be the better team. Well, I'm looking at the Boston uh, regular schedule here. They don't, to finish it out here, it's uh, not the easiest schedule in the world when you look at it. They're kind of, uh, here. they go on a decent little stretch after this next game. they got three games against non-playoff teams. But then you bring up Raptors, Nets, and then there's the Grizzlies, the Heat, Bucks, Pacers, Magic. These are all playoff teams that they have to play in the final stretch. And their next game is tomorrow against the Bucks. How big is that game tomorrow? And when you look at it, Boston play has played them earlier in the season. They lost by five. Um, so what what should we expect coming into this ball game against Milwaukee? Is this are you considering this a must win game for the Celtics uh, and really their momentum? Um, I wouldn't say it's a must win game because I mean, Milwaukee's the best team in the East, and if Giannis is coming back healthy, that's I, I would I would I would hate to put a must win on any game against the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, it's more, uh, well, what's the word I'm looking for here? It's better to just say it's a must play well game. You know what I mean? Like that, I, I don't care necessarily about them beating Milwaukee at this point. What I care about is seeing them play 48 minutes of good basketball. And if you lose to a better team, you lose to a better team. Um, the Celtics have not been playing 48 minutes of good basketball recently. Um, and not since they got back from that road trip to start the, uh, the second uh, post-All-Star portion of the schedule. So uh, the, the thing I need to see is them going and playing, you know, executing a game plan, moving the ball, rotating on defense, you know, making life hard, trying to limit Giannis's uh, attempts at the rim, and you know if you win, that you're giving yourself a chance to win at that point. And then uh, I'm not the results. Uh, if, if they play poorly, and they they beat Milwaukee after playing poorly, and it's because Giannis had a one for twenty game, then that's I that doesn't do anything for me, because that's an that's an anomaly. That's an aberration. And I would rather see them play a perfect game and lose because Giannis is the MVP. That means they, that's something they can carry over and give themselves confidence to be like, all right, we, we can we can hang with these guys and play. And and if if we do face these guys in the seven game series, we get we give ourselves a chance to win. And do you feel like maybe this part of the year 
is where they miss maybe a more defined leader? Do you feel like maybe like they don't have Al Horford or Kyrie Irving, which we all agreed that Kemba was an upgraded point guard position, but do you think maybe they're missing a somebody that's uh, a veteran that's been to the playoffs, deep in the playoffs, and can look at that and say, this is you know, my team, I need to pick my guys up, encourage them? Do you feel like maybe that's part of, a, part of the problem? No, no. No, I think they do a good job with that stuff. I think Kemba is, is good at that. I mean, he obviously hasn't been to the playoffs a lot, but I think these guys have a, a pretty good grasp on things. I think Marcus Smart has the res- that kind of respect in the locker room. Uh, he's been around for a while. Uh, he's been to the playoffs a bunch. You know, he's he, he even though he's like he's like the emotional guy. You know, there's, there's level-headed guy, like Gordon Hayward's level-headed guy, and uh, Gordon's like, more emotional and there, there are guys who are in between, but um, I don't think there's a, a leadership issue uh, on this team. Well, um, let me ask you this with all this talk recently, the NBA um, has talked about, you know, finishing off the season with no fans in the arenas with all this coronavirus talk. We were talking about it earlier. Um, mm-hmm. How does that affect the Boston Celtics and that's a, a team that is very emotional crowd wise. They have great crowd support, tough place to get a win. Um, how does that affect this team? If you know, they're forced to play at home without fans. I mean, they've only lost nine games this season at home. So they, uh, they got a pretty yeah. good home court advantage. Yeah. I mean, playing without fans would really kind of suck. Um, there's no doubt that you get a little bit of juice from the home crowd, but that, that applies to every team. I think um, I mean, maybe, maybe a little bit more in Boston because that crowd is, you know, having been on the road, I mean, that, that the Celtics crowd, I'm not just playing to my home base. Um, the Celtics crowd is one of the better crowds in the league. I mean, they're, they're very active and, and losing them would, would make it tough on the Celtics, but home court advantage isn't just about having the fans screaming and being loud and putting pressure on the other team. The home court advantage is sleeping in your own bed, being in your own locker room, uh, driving your own car to work, uh, all of that, all of that stuff, rather than being in a hotel and getting on a team bus and and all of that. So eating, you get to eat what you want to eat. You get to be around familiar, uh, familiar surroundings and the, so that's that's the home court advantage the other team has to travel the other team has to break their routine um they have to have a shoot around in whatever college gym they can find you know or or whatever so um i think it would hurt but i don't think it would be like crippling or anything Yeah, I mean, it's just been an interesting situation with what's going on. But, you know, the Celtics are in the playoffs for sure. And, you know, and you're, you're on record as saying you want they want to play Indiana, not so much uh, Philly, with, especially with Ben Simmons being out. Um, but that three seed is going to be a big deal. Um, when I'm looking at maybe a player here that – um, who's a player that you could probably point to and say, here's a guy that's been a part of the Celtics' success this season, and we haven't talked about him, and a lot of people may not know Daniel who, it, who it, well, elaborate <laughs> if, you, if you may. 
Sorry, I hate. <laughs> I did that thing. Uh, you, no, you, no problem. Um, yeah, they they um, Daniel Tice is very key to their success. Um, they first of all they came into the season. Everybody was saying, "Well, Celtics are going to struggle or, or or not be particularly great because of the center spot. They need a center." We heard it all year long. And all Daniel Tice has been is very effective at that center spot. Um, not, you know, not always scoring, though last night he scored 20. Uh, and he's had some bigger scoring games recently. Um, his three-point percentage is lower than it, it should be, but he's not shooting at a high enough volume, I think, where he can get into a rhythm and make a few. I think he's a better shooter than his percentage kind of indicates. But he's, since day one, kind of quarterback that defense and it's a top five defense in the NBA. Um, he's been uh, irreplaceable in the pick and roll with Jason Tatum. Every time Jason Tatum dunks in the half court, I would say, I would say probably like 90% of the times he dunks in the half court offense. It's off a of pick and roll with, Daniel Tice, and Tice rolls to the basket and seals off the defender and just gives Tatum a wide-open lane. Um, and it's, it's, been, it's been great to, to see. He's, Tatum joked that he owes uh, Tice like a watch or something for all of the lanes that he's opened up. It's almost like following a fullback through the line. Um, so he's been a sneaky key to – to Boston's success. Um, and he's been pretty durable, which is, is a little bit, I don't want to say not the norm, but, you know, he's been dealing with some issues the past couple of seasons. And so um, I, I think, I think he's been, if, if Tice went down, you'd see a, a, some real problems with the Boston Celtics. Yeah. I, I, you know, I look at his stat line and it's not, a lot of people will, We'll look at it and say this is a you know not the greatest stat line, but it's very very important what he does. So I have to agree with you. But John, we want to thank you for coming on the show. And Tim, you don't have anything else for John? I don't think so. Okay. Tim was muted. Sorry. Off. There Tim he was, is. Tim was busy pretending he he just has a cold and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> But, John, thank you so much for jumping on the show and talking uh, Celtics with us and giving us a little bit of a breakdown on what to expect with Boston as we head towards the playoffs. And uh, what's, uh, let people know where they can keep up with you, follow you, find you at, so everybody can follow your writings yeah. and all your work. Yeah, you can uh, you can follow me on Twitter, where I live most of my online life, at RedsArmy underscore John. Uh, my work is on MathLive.com slash Celtics. Um, and then from there, you can uh, listen to me on the Locked On Celtics podcast, which is a Monday through Friday uh, daily free podcast on the Boston Celtics. All right. Well, John, thank you so much. And we hope to have you back on real soon. Talk some more Celtics as the playoffs get closer. All right. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Have a good night. And that was John Corellis from Mass Live, and we'll be right back right after this. Are you tired of the same old average, everyday lifestyle and the same old job 
that has you making less money than what you know you're worth, well, you should head on over to StripCamFun.com. On StripCamFun, there are tons of eligible men and women waiting to perform for you, and you can join in on the fun yourself. Just head on over at StripCamFun.com where you can strip on cam and have some fun. If you get there right now, you'll get to see some of the most beautiful women, men, and whatever else your heart desires. And you can take advantage of the good times being had on StripCamFun.com. Make sure you get there right now and let them know that Wide Men Can't Jump brought you over. Because StripCamFun.com is not just for everyone. Must be 18 years of older to join in on the good times. Strip Cam Fun. Be sure to visit right now. It's StripCamFun.com where you can strip on cam and have some fun. Hey, Bogus. Time to dance. Don't forget That's right, it's Bush League, and we're back for another edition. What? I hope I hope Bogus sanitized the pole tonight. <laughs> he, he better, otherwise he's going to chase. Yeah, and you right. can take that however you want. I didn't realize that's a, that's a vicious double entendre, I apologize. No, you don't. All right, what here we thing? go. This week we're going to have three more of your favorite nominees for Bush League as we are looking at the best of the worst in the NBA. And uh, we've got some good ones. Tim, are you ready? I am ready. Tim will be our resident judge as always. We'll start with Reggie Jackson. Oh, my goodness. The Clippers throw the ball into him and – Ball hits his hands, ball hits his leg, oh. and out of bounds it goes. Reggie. Oh, Reggie. I think Reggie thought he was playing baseball. I think Reggie I think Reggie wow. had too much popcorn uh sitting on the bench. I think Reggie maybe uh was the victim of some edibles or something there. That's... <laughs> the on waiters is in LA now, but yeah, that is Reggie... kind of a I'm going to just head up the cart without the ball. I've got really long arms. I can catch yeah, it. Yeah, who needs the ball when you play basketball, right? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's not good. Not good No, enough. it's not. It's not good, and it's. Uh, I'll tell you what it is, though. That's Bush. Bush League. You hear me? Yeah. All right, our next nominee is James Harden, as always, and he – is uh, trying to find Russell Westbrook, who is standing in the corner wide open. Unfortunately, he's on the bench. And James Harden well, finds him well, out of bounds. And the fact that the guys who were on the court were certainly not expecting a pass. So, well, no, everybody was like, wait, he passes? <laughs> and the coach you know, with the really long beard uh, sitting back there, he, he just looks around like, oh, man. Is it? Is it just wrong of me that when I watch James Harden do that, that I, I just just long and hope and wish that somebody from the other team is just going to reach out and just punch him right in the face? <laughs> You're just giddy just, over it, aren't you? I, I just feel like he needs one of those high school gym fouls, you know, where somebody rubs No blood, no just, foul, right? Yeah, and sends him flying and then looks at him like, you know, with that, what? You're being a jerk. 
with all that. I look at look at me dribble, and then I'm because I we all know I can't really dunk. I, I'm going to have to unload this to well nobody. Well, he did unload it. Unfortunately, his man was out of bounds and not in the he, ball game. But he so. come on, he's not even close to being in bounds though. Like he's just no, standing he's there. I mean, that's not an honest mistake. That's just a. I got a bail and I'm going to kick it out to anyone. I'll throw it out there. Nobody's going to blame me. I'm James Harden. That's very true, but I'm blaming him because you know what it was? I mean, that is Bush League. That's Bush League. All right, and our final final Bush League nominee this week, Tyrion Prince, ladies and gentlemen, as he tries to pass the ball to Joe Harris, but instead throws it to absolutely no one. Out of bounds. Okay. Like at least, right. at least Russell Westbrook was standing there when Harden threw the ball to him. Well, as Tyrion Prince threw it to no one. In his defense, the referee's colors are close to the uniforms. I could see perhaps where maybe he he got confused for a brief moment, but maybe. But that pass was to nowhere, and that like, you know, that was Will Smith like there, Mr. Prince. <laughs> that was not fresh at all. That's, that pass. That's what it. That's what it looks like when Dubs cry, right, right there. Oh dear God! Well, he's gonna have to go I home did. in his little red Corvette and uh, go home and think about it. Ninety-nine. Well, I would go to that other. I'd go to that other hit, but it's kind of filthy, so I don't really want. Well, he does look good in the raspberry beret. Oh, well done. Well done. Thank Let's you. Let's go crazy. Let's go crazy, Nate. I'm running out, uh, you know, raining outside <laughs> and looks kind of purple. And... <laughs> Through my coronavirus eyes. Uh, well, if I get coronavirus, I'll let you know that I would die for you. Oh, oh, I would die for you. That's <laughs> All right, enough of this. Tari and Prince, you know what it was. It's Bush Lee. Ah. All right, Bog Tim, you're already... Bog is at home switching up styles faster than we can. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Tim, who's your winner oh, this damn, week? Oh, they're singing a ballad. What the hell? <laughs> who's the winner of Bush League this uh, week, Tim? Oh, boy. Um, I, by virtue of yeah, uh, James Harden, he's a winner. It's always James Harden. James Harden. Be, you've got to know not to put James Harden or LeBron in these things, or they're winning. Yeah, yeah, I think I knew I'm that. James Harden. Speaking of things, I'm surprised you didn't have LeBron's uh, missed layup to win the game last night. Well, you know, maybe next week. You never know. Or, James Harden. Go ahead. Uh, we just wanted to let you know that you don't have to be cool to be my girl. Just need your extra touch and your kiss. I thought James Harden would probably should win a Manscaped three point oh and he could shave that fucking beard off. God. Well, could, but that's mind uh, you, he's pretty well, ugly without it. So, no offense. Well, oh, James Harden, you've won a brand new beach towel and it is soft and wet. So enjoy. Oh, if you got boy. that Prince reference, congratulations, oh, ladies and gentlemen. Right. Ouch. 
And that's been Bush League for this week. Get your dancing shoes on. Oh, damn it. No, 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 not Careless Whisper. Whitney's still running. <laughs> now you really made her run with Careless Whisper. I mean, Let's play the right thing, thing here. Bush League. And that's been Ed, Bush League for this week. Ed Boggus says Buffalo Bill. <laughs> Buffalo Bill. If <laughs> <laughs> you got that reference, well done. No, oh, I got it. Uh, well, apparently. I thought you were going to play Constant Craving. I was really quite excited. I should have. But uh, we do anyway. have, uh, I haven't used this one in a hot minute, Tim. We've got uh, breaking news. Well, here's the breaking news. Wednesday's Oklahoma City Thunder-Utah Jazz game at Chesapeake Energy Arena in Oklahoma City was postponed before tip-off with no specific reason given yet by the teams and the NBA. The Thunder's PA announcer said the decision was made due to unforeseen circumstances. The starting lineups were announced, and it appeared the game was ready to start. Then after conversation among the officials, the teams went back to the locker rooms and officials left the floor. The Thunder mascot and their hype crew, the Storm Chasers, tried to keep a full house of fans entertained during the delay. The halftime entertainment was moved up to pre-game. So we've got a postponed basketball game and don't know what's going on there. Very interesting. One would think it would have nothing to do with the coronavirus because why would you wait that long if that was the reason? Um, you know, that doesn't sound good. That sounds like somebody had a medical uh, episode or something like of that nature. Uh, yeah, I, I hope I hope everyone's all right. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. do hope everyone's okay. Um, we'll have to wait and see what exactly happened and what uh, what exactly we're uh, we're looking at here as we go forward. So I don't know. Twitter will get what? right on it. It won't be long. If there's anything to come out, it'll be out. Yeah. This, I'm, already, I'm already reading. Jazz and Thunder exited the court. We are being told that they are waiting on league confirmation to start the game. Hmm. The Thunder oh, Broadcast oh, Okay. Team. Oh, what do you got? Go ahead. What do you got? The Thunder broadcast team is saying that due to Rudy Gobert's illness, the officials have put the game in a delay, and they're waiting for confirmation of if they should play or not. Okay, and I'm reading here somebody's got that Rudy Gobert and Emmanuel Moudet, is that how you say it? I'm not sure how you pronounce his last name. Emmanuel Moudet. Okay, are both sick, and they're going to make sure that that has not got anything to do with that other stuff, I guess. Hmm. Well, apparently uh, they're having the fans leave the arena. PA uh-huh. announces you are all safe. Take your time in leaving the arena. 
Hmm. So they're like that's weird. I mean, that's a, just a, that that's that's very very weird. Okay, because I mean, even say even if they both have it, like okay, take them out of the game. Like you, you would think they would know whether they had it or not. I just I don't understand this stuff. It's 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 mind boggling. You don't let everybody come to the damn game, fill up the building. You're just ready. Like I'm watching video. Like they're literally like ready for tip off, and the referees are out there with two suits, and uh, whatever they're talking about, because of course no audio, and all of a sudden that's just okay. That's it. We're done. And it's like okay. I mean, if you were worried about this, nobody knew this. 30 minutes ago, you know, or an hour ago, or like, it's kind of a, I mean, I get it in a way, but it's kind of a slap in the face to the people who, you know, you left work early or whatever and loaded the kids in the car and did all that and paid your money and then got in there and now you're getting told to go home. Like if you're going to cancel games, at least cancel them with some warning. I, again, I don't know. I don't, this is I don't weird. get it, man. I don't get it. It's it's weird. Um, now I don't know how true this is. This is not. I don't know how. Again, this is hearsay. This says, "Yeah, this doesn't." I don't think this is real. I, I'm not even going to put this out there because this isn't a an yeah, account I'm looking, that I'm. I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying to find stuff from from uh, reporters. At least people I believe yeah, might that guy. be. Uh... Okay, this is Royce Young, who is a rep- NBA writer for ESPN, who just posted something is going on. Thunder's head medical staffer just grabbed three officials and talked to them. All the players were told to go back to their benches. We're seconds from tip off. So, Jay. Like that, I mean, whatever it is, it's going to come out. Um, you would like yeah, to hopefully it comes out before we're done. Uh, before we're done tonight. Uh, oh, and, and okay, and now I've got another one from Andy Larson, who is the Utah Jazz and NBA beat writer, and he's got a picture on Twitter of they're disinfecting the uh, Utah bench area. Hmm. Yeah, I know. I think, but we may have had Andy on the show before. If not, uh, I have reached out. I, I have yeah, reached they, out to him. They got the, they got guys, you know, in the gloves and everything with the spray bottles. And apparently, they're wiping down the Thunder bench area too. So, I mean, I I don't want to speculate, but it kind of sounds like maybe somebody, maybe they got uh, word that somebody actually did have it, and that was the end of that. Yeah. Which. Which is probably what they should do if that's the case. But like I said, I mean that's going to come. It won't take long. The NBA is going to have to make some kind of announcement for you know people aren't going to sit by and just have them cancel a game without telling them why. So yeah, well we'll have to wait and see what uh, what becomes of that situation as that's breaking news. And again, once we find out any information, we'll try and pass that along to you. And if it's after the show, check our Twitter at Wide Jump, and we'll see what we can uh, can get to you. Let's uh, let, let's take a look at some news and notes over the past week from uh, the NBA and uh, some things that we may have here. Um, so Steph Curry made his return the other night. He had 23 points. 
in the return to the Warriors. Um, Tim, did you see anything there or see anything that, uh, from Steph? Did you watch any highlights at least? Come again? Did you see any highlights of Steph Curry making a return against the Raptors on Thursday last week? No, no, I didn't. Except that he, no, yes, I did. I saw one uh, three-pointer that he uh, banked in off the backboard. And that, that was all I really saw. He had 23. He's not playing back-to-backs. So they're going to take him, take it slow with him, bringing him back. But uh, good to see him back, you know, uh, get some reps in this season. So that's, that's good news. Good news for him. Uh, Dion Waiters is in L.A. now. He will be with the Lakers for the remainder of the season. The, uh, the edible man has made, a, has made a landing in the Lakers. Hmm. <laughs> I appreciate the insight there. That's all I got <laughs> to say about that. Is- I can see that. Clippers. Clippers signed Joachim Noah. Our good friend Joachim Noah signed with the Clippers. And, uh, you know, that's a that's a big man coming off the bench that um, a lot of people are going to look at and, and well, think they a- can, uh, can use. There was, a time when, there was a time when that would have been a pretty big signing. Um, not so much anymore, but I, I mean, I suppose properly used in limited minutes, he maybe gives them a little bit more under the basket. Uh, takes yeah. uh, uh, takes a few minutes to uh, off of somebody else's hands. Maybe he matches. Yeah, I mean, up they really still have Montrez Harrell, and so I mean, they're not hurting yeah, he, for big guys. Like I said, he he may match up really well against somebody. Down the in, the in the stretch maybe or in the playoffs. So I mean, why not? Can't yeah, hurt. why not? Uh, let's see here. Leangelo. We talked about this last week, and it has happened. Leangelo Ball has signed with the NBA G League. Headed for the G League now. So we'll have to keep an eye on him, what he can do there, and figure out uh, what's going on. With any, uh, uh, with him down in the G League and how he looks, how he plays against that competition. Any truth to those rumors about the Shinston over forty league taking the place of the G League? We talked about that. <laughs> I don't think the G League could handle the Shinston over forty league, Tim. You and I both know that. Well, I think uh, most NBA players have it in their contracts that they don't dance for peanuts after the games. <laughs> Very true. They don't. Uh, ben Simmons is progressing in rehab with a lower back nerve impingement and will be reevaluated in three weeks. So Ben Simmons will not play for three more weeks with his injury. And, uh, you know, they're hoping to get him back in time for the playoffs. Ben Simmons shocks the world, comes back after three-week back injury and shoots threes like Steph Curry. <laughs> it was a bulging disc the whole time. <laughs> imbalanced. He had an he had an imbalanced back. <laughs> an imbalanced back, <laughs> like an imbalanced shoulder, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's as stupid as that other thing they came up with. They can he's come up with some stuff now. There's, they can got, come up with some imba- shit. He's got some. He's got an imbalanced ass. That's what it is. One <laughs> cheek bigger than the other. That'd <laughs> uh, be something I'd get probably. <laughs> No, Nate be, doesn't a, have coronavirus. He's just got an imbalanced ass. What an icebreaker that would be. 
Hi, I'm <laughs> I'm Nate, and uh, I've got an imbalanced ass. Want to check it out? <laughs> I mean, could you really say no to that? I don't think you could. I'm thinking at the very least you want to look at it. Yeah, at least you want to g- take a gander at it, you know? Yeah, I'm thinking. <laughs> Balanced ass, good Bogus is out there right now getting the collagen. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> See, no, he wants to be, he's, he's going to cash in on that imbalanced ass thing. He's getting collagen shot as we speak at the... Collagen in his ass. Buckstar, Giannis, and Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak, has minor joint capsule sprain of the left knee and will be updated during the next week. So Giannis out for a week, could be back next week. So we'll have to wait and see what happens with the Greek freaks, small injuries. You know, Tim, you said it the other day, this has kind of been the year of injuries for a lot of people. A lot of guys are hurt. It sure seems like it. I, I don't know if any, you know, I could be totally wrong on that. Maybe the numbers don't support that, but it sure seems like, or at the very least, big, bigger names, you know, rel- relatively important guys have been going down like flies. It seems to me. I, I, I would yeah, be I mean, very amazed of, to find out. Go ahead. Yeah, you're you're not seeing a lot of um, major injuries. I had to think there. I couldn't get the the right wording. Not a lot of major industries. Industries. Not a lot of major industry. Oh, injuries, corona, god damn it. Coronavirus wide, man. During the yeah. podcast. Oh, geez. Like, here's me trying to say injuries. <laughs> injuries. You're not seeing that a lot, but a lot of guys getting banged up. A lot of guys are, you know, maybe this whole uh, load management thing, it seems to be the right thing to do, maybe. I don't know. It's uh, well, you know, a lot I've of guys read, getting banged up. I've read several articles and this kind of I think we may have talked about this before and it kind of plays towards the wrestling thing in particular a guy who's been on this podcast uh, name dropping Mick uh, players are in such good shape they're so well muscled and so toned etc etc that it the slightest pinch twinge and they've got they're hurt they, yeah. they don't have absorbing bodies like they once did where guys were in shape, but they weren't, you know, they didn't look like bodybuilders. I mean, even look at, look at LeBron as, as old as he is. And the guys are ripped. You know, you don't see a lot of Charles Barkley looking guys in the league anymore. There's a couple and that's a shame. And that's a shame. Yes. Because the, the, I mean, just the, the slow mo of Charles rebounding and watching that fat smash him under the chin was really good for for the highlight reels and things of that nature. But I, I wonder if, if guys are not so highly tuned these days that it just doesn't take much. Maybe. I mean, that could have something to do with it. I mean, I'm we not going to say know, that it doesn't. We also know for sure that guys do, uh, teams don't allow guys to play hurt anymore. Very yeah, rarely. Is, yeah, very rarely has anybody gotten it out. If they've got an injury, they're sitting, and that goes yeah. from you know anything. My, I, I felt a twinge in my ankle. Sit down. You know we're paying you thirty-eight million dollars. We can't have you. You know we don't want you to get hurt, hurt. So and back in the day, guys you know, said you sucked it up. You didn't even tell anybody. You just kept playing. Yeah, uh, Lance Stevenson is in talks of a potential deal to come back to the Pacers. 
He would need clearance from his Chinese team and FIBA. Okay, so let me get this straight. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out there. Lance Stevenson has been playing in China. And they want to bring him back to the NBA with all this coronavirus crap going on right now. Do you really think that's going to fly? That seems odd. And I, I also, they, I didn't know that the NBA had an agreement with the Chinese League about co- player contracts that they would need well, anybody's Well, he would be violating his contract for if his team doesn't, if, if his team says no, then he would be in violation of contracts. But I, I'd say the NBA would buy – I'd say the Pacers would probably buy out the contract. It's probably not – probably nickels on the dollar for them, I would, I would imagine. Yeah, I don't know. that. But, you, you, I mean, why, i I, I got to look at that even more curiously. What do they want him for? I mean, Stevenson has a, a long history with the Pacers. He's played for the Pacers on and off for years. A lot of people are uh, in that area big fans he is, so – I don't know. It seems like they want to bring him in. He's a good defender. They may need him for playoff time. The Pacers have kind of struggled recently, so maybe trying to load up on some defense, some older players that know the system. Um, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. And, of course, uh, this report says sources uh, are saying that there's no agreement or decision finalized yet. So this is a talking stage kind of rumor. Uh, Here's the official statement regarding the college basketball invitational. Uh, If anybody keeps up with that, the CBI. um, They are saying that due to the uncertainty of the coronavirus and the impact it's having on college campuses across the country, we've decided to cancel the 2020 college basketball invitational. As colleges and universities are making difficult and complex health risk management decisions about conducting sporting events, it became apparent to us that this is the most prudent course of action. We look forward to bringing the CBI back in March of 2021. So, yeah, it was always a 16-team tournament from around the country. They would, uh, you know, it it was a step below the NIT, basically. Um, That always seemed to be who would, uh, where it would, would happen every year. So, I mean, if you look back at the history um, at some of the the previous winners, so let's go ahead and do that real quick while we got a second here. Um, I mean, what's next? White men can't jump, no longer allowed to eat chicken sandwiches? I mean. Let's not go crazy here. (laughs) I tell you what. If that's the that's the case. I ain't no longer a wide man because I ain't giving up. Don't, say, don't, you, don't you dare enough, say things like that. Well, last year it ended up being uh, South Florida beat DePaul. Uh, it was the best two out of three in the finals. South Florida gets the win. Uh, 2018, North Texas beat San Francisco. Uh, 2017, Wyoming beat Coast Carolina. And 2016, you're looking at Nevada would be Moorhead State. And over time, you know, these are the teams that are winning this tournament. You know, Loyola, Chicago. Uh, so it's not the biggest tournament in the world. It's more of that third level just below the NIT. And uh, <laughs> all right, Red Cats with a good tweet here. The NBA should have two fans in this game, one home fan, one away fan on opposite sides of the arena. They have to chant and cheer and scream and trash talk each other from all the way across the court. 
I'll tell you. <laughs> you know what? I'd sign up for that gig. It would be uh, hilarious gonna, to watch. I'm throwing this out there right now. Anybody who's going to play Duke University, you need a fan to come out and just throw the hate at Duke. Give me a call. I'll I'll fly you, there I, of my own money to do this. <laughs> but particularly, particularly if a certain redhead is the Duke representative. Oh God, here we go. <laughs> In which case. Somebody's not making it home in one piece. And yeah, you, I happen to, now I happen to know I'm much larger individual than that said person. So you see, now she's feisty. You gotta watch. But, yeah, but you, I don't care how feisty you are when you're being smothered. It, it makes no difference. <laughs> sure. Gravity well, is on this. my gravity is on my side, Nate. Well, I launch I launch myself in the in the custom uh, Tom Robinson uh, sp- splash off the uh, lowest rope and no more redhead. <laughs> well, <laughs> Lord. Well, we do want to take a second after we get the news there. We want to take a second. And speaking of news, the folks at Atomic Comics and Collectibles, uh, they have got a poster giveaway, well, but a poster sale for the ages. Um, you need to go check it out. Uh, they are selling. If you're a movie poster collector, you're not going to want to miss it. I'm telling you, uh, there's so, so much to look at to get. I mean, it's in real time. You see some of them. It's unbelievable how many new movie posters that they have acquired of great, great films. And they've just got some great stuff, man. Okay, all my look, I'm sharing. Right, and let's. Let's not forget, these are not knockoffs or anything. These are, like, literally from a theater, as I understand it. Yeah, they found a, um, I think they got a, a back order from a theater that got a business or something and were able to get all their leftover movie posters. So, these are legit movie theater posters that you may want to check out if you're a collector. I know I've got a bunch, so go check them out. You saw a few. You'd like to have a few of them, would you not? Oh, yeah, I mean... Thing about movie uh, movie posters is uh, they do require some space to be properly uh, shown off, but there there's definitely some movies that if I had a what I knew was a real, you know, from the theater used poster, I'd definitely be about getting. That's for sure. If you could, what movie poster would you want the most if you could have one? If I could have anything. This mm-hmm. is gonna sound. Anything. This is gonna sound really weird, but uh, anything from the Kevin Smith, from the from that world, from the View Askew no, world, no. and of course my better no, half could take anything great. that was anything that was Lord of the Rings ish would be she'd be all over. Yeah. Or that kind of. A, I would that go. Kind of a with, I would go with either uh, Empire Strikes Back. Uh, from Star mm-hmm. Wars, or um, I believe this not. I don't know if you mean you've talked about this. Actually, I'm a big James Bond fan. Um, my favorite was uh, Goldfinger. I wouldn't mind having a Goldfinger poster, an original Goldfinger. Mr. Goldfinger. <laughs> exactly. And uh, of course, well, my all time. There's there's My there's no time like now to for me to confess that I own every James Bond movie ever made. 
I do too. I mean, who doesn't? I, I, you should. I have them. I have them in the uh, the box set with the little. Uh, they all come with their own little uh, yeah. uh, guide kind of thing that gives you some insights to where they were filmed and weird things yeah, that yeah. happened and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. And uh, of course, my favorite movie, The Godfather, part one. So I would take a movie poster from that. But hey, you never know. Go check out Atomic Comic Collection. They made the movie poster. You want. Let's hear some more from them. If you're into comic books and collectibles, then you are going to want to check out Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. They buy and sell comic books, action figures, pop funkos, vintage video game systems, vinyl records, and other collectibles. Retro and vintage collectibles are their specialty. They have fair and competitive pricing on all their items. Their prices will make you say, Oh my God! Currently, they run on Facebook, and they're in the process of getting their own storefront in Logan, West Virginia. Give their Facebook page a like and keep updated on new merchandise and announcements for Comic-Cons and store opening in your area. They do ship, but only within the United States at this time. Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, where yesterday's memories are today's future. If you are looking for anything comic book or collectible-wise, you are going to want to do one thing. Assemble. And head over to Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Check out their Facebook page, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Check out Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Hey, Tim, who's the best James Bond ever? Sorry, I missed that. Who's the best James Bond ever? Oh, uh, Daniel Craig. No. Yes. No. Yes. I no. I said I said yes, although I am a Sean Connery fan. Okay, well, I'll take that cuz that's the right okay, answer. Okay, let me All right, let me rephrase that. The best Bond as far as the actor goes is Sean Connery. The best okay. Bond film, the best Bond films, have been the Daniel Craig ones because they're much truer to the source material. Well, well, and that though, like James Bond is supposed to be a jerk. Well, he's not I a, get that. He, he's not. He's not like the uh, like particularly the Roger Moore version of Sean Con- of uh, I mean, not James a Roger, Bond, not a Roger Moore guy, not a Roger where, Moore guy. Where he's really only interested in putting a notch in his belt and not much else. He never yeah. kills anybody. You know, the Daniel Craig James Bond, at least he offs some bad guys and doesn't care that he does it. I mean, he's, you know, like you know, the Daniel kill, Craig James know? Bond movies have either been really great or really. They might like, not be quite as, they might not be quite as good story-wise, but of course, visually, because of the time that they're made, you know, they're, they're much better. Like the, the gadgetry and all that is way better. Although they don't. Yeah. Quantum, of that Quantum, these of days, Solid, but, Quantum of Solid. Awful. I maintain that, and I always will. Uh, um, Casino Royale and Skyfall are incredible. Spectre was kind of. I mean, I uh, haven't seen a Bond format. movie that I hated, except for the George Lazenby one, which is garbage. Oh, poor but, George. But uh, that wasn't his fault. Uh, you know, they are what they are. I mean, you either like that kind of thing or you don't. I mean, yeah, and speaking of like that kind of thing or not, talk about the Raptors as I uh, try to go from James Bond into a NBA in some sort of uh, segue. But uh, 
<laughs> I was able today to talk to Blake Murphy from The Athletic about uh, the Toronto Raptors and what's been going on with the Toronto Raptors. And as they sit the two seed, your wonderful Canadian brethren, I guess we'll call them too. All right. I like that. Brethren. Brethren. Hello. Well, that's, like, that's like Twitter. Oh, God. I'm going to pull the tape to get away from the coin, everyone. I'll be back. We'll be back on the other side. Roll the tape, Nick. On the shows of Oliver Ryder, and he's a Raptors reporter for the Athletic in Toronto and co-host of the House Party and uh, editor at the Raptors. It's Blake Murphy. Blake, for coming back on the show and talking uh, some hoops with us. What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me on. Always good to hear from you, and uh, we want to kick off talking about the uh, the Raptors here. And, you know, the Raptors are... I would say they're better than what most people expected coming into the season. Would you agree with that? Do you think the Raptors have maybe overperformed people's expectations? For sure. I picked them to finish third in the East, and people told me that was a little too optimistic, and here they sit in second. Uh, They've already won 46 games, so they've more or less hit their Vegas over-under already. I think this is the ninth straight year they've they've, uh, hit the over on preseason win total. So, yeah, I think I think they've overperformed in general. And I think my biggest concern with them when I was, you know, trying to figure out, you know, when you make a pick, you're trying to think of the average scenario. Well, I thought the worst case scenario for them, if they got a lot of injuries specifically to Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam, I just didn't think their offense would be able to hold up enough. And, you know, the fact that they're the number two defense is not surprising to me, but the fact that they've been able to hang in on offense with injuries to Lowry, Van Vliet, Siakam, Gasol, Abaka, Powell, um, that's been really surprising to me. I think that's a credit to, you know, almost everyone on the team individually is having a career year or, or their best season in years. And then Nick Nurse has done a, a pretty tremendous job as as coach as well. Yeah, Nick Nurse definitely deserves a lot of credit for what he's done for the Raptors this season. But you brought up uh, Norman Powell earlier. And this is a guy that was on fire at one point in the season. And this was just, a, you know, less than a week ago. 37 against Golden State, 31 against Sacramento. I mean, where did Norman Powell come from? This is kind of – nobody expected this out of him. Yeah, it, it's a weird one because he's kind of been – you know, he's one of those guys that seemed like he is who he is. He'd been in the league for four years. His skill set hadn't really changed. His three-point shot had fluctuated some, so sometimes he looked like maybe a better offensive player um, or a worse offensive player, depending on if his three was dropping. But for the most part, for four seasons, he was the same guy. And what we've seen this year is – Uh, You know, a little bit more opportunity with Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green gone. Uh, The three-point shot settling in around 40% again. And the big thing he adds there is he hits a ton of them from above the break, not just the corner. So he hits those wing threes, those transition threes that are really valuable. Uh, But the biggest growth for him has been as an attacker. He's always had great straight-line driving speed. Now he's expanded his package of finishes. He can go with either hand. He can go across his body. Uh, He uses the rim well to protect the ball. Um, you know, the next step for him is probably to turn some of that driving into playmaking for others because he is kind of still, you know, once he takes off, he's definitely going to try to finish. But his finishing at the rim it has taken, a, you know, taken a huge leap to where he's always been really good getting there. And now he's finishing there at a, at a pretty elite rate, 68.3% around the rim per basketball reference. Um, and that's where he gets, 
you know, more than a third of his shots. So good profile for him as a, as a guy who gets a lot of shots at the rim, a lot of threes, uh, and both those areas are, are working really well for him right now. And speaking of around the rim, Serge Ibaka, uh, averaging 16 points and eight rebounds this year, well above his career statistics. Uh, had some nice games here in the past week, you know, 27 and 13 against the Jazz and a nice win there. Um, this was a guy that I thought the Raptors needed to get rid of at one point. Um, clearly, I was wrong. There you go. You heard it here <laughs> first, folks. I admit it. I was wrong. Uh, and he's playing well. He's shooting 40% from three. This is kind of a, a career resurgence for a guy that's 30 years old in the NBA who's probably getting close to the downside of his career. But Ibaka has played nice. What's been the change this year uh, for him to step up and play the way he has? Yeah, I think, you know, part of it has been Marcus all has been in and out of the lineup. So Ibaka's gotten to start, you know, 27 of his 50 appearances, which he's always started a lot, but it seemed like he was getting ready to shift the kind of a, a bench center role at this stage in his career. Um, so he's gotten maybe more opportunity than expected. And then because the Raptors have been so thin all the time and there's been a lot of guys hurt, they've needed to lean on Ibaka more. This is the highest usage percentage of his career by far, um, and it's the most, you know, it's the most efficient he's been since early in his career with Oklahoma City. So um, the Raptors have needed someone who's willing to take, you know, 10, 12 shots in a game sometimes. And Ibaka, whether that's, you know, you mentioned that he's 40% on threes. He's also uh, a really good long-range two-shooter. Uh, I know that people don't love those shots necessarily anymore, but he's around 40% on those. And it's nice to have that little bit of a threat when you're running pick-and-roll combinations with Kyle Lowry or Fred Van Bleed or even Pascal Siakam. Um, so he's added, you know, he's added a little bits to his game here and there. I think maybe the most the most important way he's grown is not even in the points or rebounds per game, uh, but it's that he's probably improved as a passer a little bit. And I know the numbers aren't the numbers aren't crazy. He's not doing anything dramatically different in terms of assists per game or even assists per 36. Uh, but you know, to watch it, he's making some reads that he wouldn't have made in the past. Uh, you know, he can he can be on the roll and kick one out to a corner shooter, and that wasn't necessarily in his game before. So, so that's a big step too. And then obviously defensively, you know, he's 30 years old and he's moved to center. He's not the guy he was uh, before he could still get up and block a shot, but a lot of his value now is coming on the offensive side of the ball. He's kind of almost gone the complete other direction from where he was early in his career. Yeah, absolutely. Um, big turnaround for him. So it's been, it's been interesting to watch the uh, Ibaka this year. Let's look at Mark Gasol. You mentioned him 35 years old, um, 11 years in the league. This is a guy, and that injury really cost him a lot of time. And, you know, uh, played a little bit against Sacramento, didn't get a lot of time. But is do you feel like he's 100% finally heading forward? Because I think the Raptors will need him come playoff time. Yeah, I mean, that's the hope. The He obviously had the hamstring injury. It wasn't, you know, he had that setback, so it clearly wasn't uh, where it needed to be. And now I think the Raptors are going to bring him along slowly. They didn't play him Monday on the second night of a back-to-back. They brought him off the bench and only played him 16 minutes on Sunday. Um, so I could see a scenario where his minutes are watched pretty closely and he maybe doesn't play back-to-backs down the stretch because they need him. And as good as Ibaka has been, I think the way Gasol works as a connector on offense and a playmaker and you know just as much of a floor-spacing threat, I think that's really important to what the Raptors do on that end of the floor. And then defensively, Gasol isn't a rim protector in the same traditional sense that Abaka is, uh, but the Raptors as a team protect the rim a lot better when he's 
uh, on the floor over the last year and a half. Um, opponents take fewer shots there. They take tougher shots there. He's a big key to the way they want to play at both ends of the floor. And I think obviously this team's at its best if it has both Gasol and Ibaka healthy. Uh, but Gasol's the guy, I think, come playoff time, who's going to be starting, who's going to be playing slightly more of those minutes and who, you know, the value that he brings everywhere except as a scorer outstrips what Ibaka does as a scorer. So you want, you know, you want both of those guys healthy, but Gasol is uh, a really important piece at both ends of the floor. Yeah, he's really important. Always uh, a big piece. And I think the trade the Raptors made to get him was a little bit underrated last year because I love Jonas Valanciunas, but I think Gasol just fit better to get that NBA title to him. Well, we haven't talked about the big names right now, so we'll get into that. Kyle Lowry, absolutely having a great season, basically a 20-point-per-game scorer. And we'll just go ahead and say eight rebounds per game. It's close enough as where <laughs> I'm concerned. 13 years in the league, 33 years old. Lowry's still putting up good numbers. Uh, a lot of people were thinking that it was time for the Raptors to move on from them. After this season, uh, I believe he silenced those doubters, don't you? Yeah, it's kind of the story of Lowry's career, right? Every year, you know, early in his career, he was a, a malcontent and a guy you couldn't build around. And then once he got to kind of all-star level, well, he wasn't a good enough all-star. And now he got into his 30s and everyone expects a decline every year. And he just keeps, you know, no matter what you say about him, he keeps bucking it. So it's been it's been cool to see. And this is, you know, this is the most he's scored since 2016-2017 because 2017-2018, they wanted to put the ball in DeMar DeRozan's hands more and have DeRozan work kind of as a co-point guard. And then 2018-2019, there was obviously Kawhi Leonard around and Pascal Siakam kind of growing into that number two role last year and number one this year. So this has been a, a fun chance to get to see Lowry score a little bit more. He's driving to the basket more than in recent years. He's finishing pretty well there um, for a guy who's, you know, a 33, 34-year-old, six-foot point guard. And then you know, the three ball is always there. But I think the, where Lowry really drives the team doesn't even get captured in the fact that he's having maybe his third best statistical season. I think with Lowry, it's so much about how he makes the guys around him better and how, you know, he's helped a guy like Siakam along in his development by putting him in positions to succeed, by conceding offense at the right times, or how he helps a guy like Serge Ibaka by learning his tendencies and getting him the ball in, in positions that he can thrive. Even some of the bench guys, Chris Boucher has a nice chemistry with Kyle Lowry when, when Boucher gets minutes. Um, I think this West Coast trip is a is a good indication. It's obviously only a five-game sample, and Fred Van Vliet was hurt, but the Raptors were 30 points per 100 possessions better with Lowry on the floor than off of it over that five-game stretch. They basically were rolling teams when he played and getting their teeth kicked in whenever Lowry sat, and that's that's kind of been the story of Lowry's entire run with the Raptors, and it's pretty it's pretty impressive that he can still drive team success that way you know, here a couple days before his 34th birthday. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, Fred Van Vliet. And then this is a guy that everyone was calling, you know, the point guard really of the Raptors' future. And that still could be. He's still 26 years old, still a little young, but basically hitting his prime now. A great player, 17 points per game with almost seven assists per game. Been dealing with a little bit of an injury, uh, so we'll have to wait and see how he responds to that. But this is a guy that the, a lot of people are hoping hits the free agent market because there are teams just that are dying to get their hands on this guy. He's a dynamic player. He does so many things that a good point guard would do. And he's a clutch player. Um, what's your thoughts on Van Vliet? And do you think Toronto will be able to keep him long-term? 
Yeah, that's a it's a huge question, and you know you hope that these injuries he's dealt with don't hurt his market. Because as much as I would love for him to stay with the Raptors, I'd also like to see him get paid, given where he's come from and how hard he's fought to this point. So, uh, in terms of the market, you know, I think I think Van Vliet's shown. Obviously, he started alongside Kyle Lowry for most of the season when he started, but I think he's shown he can kind of take on that role and you know, maybe he's not going to be a 1A style starting point guard, but you can slot him in there and be pretty good. And he's gotten better at, um, you know, help with the same kind of little Lowry things, helping his teammates be better and things like that. Um, you know, the two big things to watch for Van Vliet will be one, uh, whether he can hold up to kind of 36 minutes a game over a whole season. He played 64 games last year uh, and spent a lot of the time kind of banged up. He's He's been pretty banged up this year in missing 16 games so far too. And I don't know that that's a, that's a forever thing. It might just be some bad luck, but he's uh, you know, he's a little smaller and 36 minutes a game for a very physical and a high effort style of play. Maybe that raises a flag for someone else. And the other one is, you know, he's got to improve as a finisher at the rim. And we talked about how that happened for Norman Powell and how Kyle Lowry's kind of got back there this year. Um, Van Vliet, that's something he's still figuring out. He's shooting 54.6% around the rim this year, which, you know, he's over the course of his career, he's been toward the bottom of the league in that skill. And and you'd want to see that um, continue to improve a little bit. He's got the three ball. He's got a little mid range game sometimes, uh, but mostly right now, Van Vliet's efficiency comes from three point shooting and his ability to kick out from the paint. So if he can become a bigger scoring threat, uh, once he gets into the paint, I think that's kind of his next big step. Um, you know, for this year, for the Raptors, he's he's great as who he is. I'm just strictly thinking in terms of if he's the, the starting point guard for a team, the lone starting point guard for a team uh, come next year. Those are the areas he needs to improve. But for right now, he's what the Raptors need. He's he's probably got – he may have missed too many games at this point, but at one point it looked like he maybe had a case for second-team all-defense. Uh, he was playing that level of defense from the guard position – a uh, really good double teamer, really good at digging down in the post, really good on-ball guy, uh, and then you know plays up beyond his size the same way Kyle Lowry does. So both of those guys being able to play together at six feet tall is kind of what makes this weird Raptors uh, super aggressive style of play uh, work and makes it doable despite being at a size disadvantage a lot of the time. So uh, Raptors need him back, and the Raptors will need both him and Lowry healthy for the playoffs to kind of play the style of offense and defense that they want to play. Absolutely. Um, one of my favorite players the Raptors have, he's a young player, and I think there's just the sky's the limit for this guy, is OG Anunoby. I really like the way he plays. I've been a fan of his since he came out of Indiana, and it looked like he was going to have, you know, maybe be a big breakout player for the Raptors, but then had that injury. And do you feel like he's fully recovered and back 100%, or do you feel like maybe that injury cost him a chance to really become player in the league. No, I think, I think he's fine. I think, you know, obviously losing that playoff experience hurts. You would have liked to have him there for the playoff run. Uh, but he's, you know, he's the he's second on the team in total minutes played this year. So through that lens, he seems pretty healthy. And then I've been really impressed with his growth. And I know that, you know, here in Toronto, the way that Pascal Siakam developed so quickly, I think kind of, shifted people's perspective on what player growth normally looks like. Well, Ananobi's 22 years old. He's in his third season after missing a big chunk of last year. It would probably made more sense that his growth would be more gradual. And I think if you look at what he's done this year, it's pretty encouraging. He's at career high for true shooting percentage, career high rebound rate, assist rate, steal rate, block rate. 
Um, the career high in points per game, career high three-point percentage. So they're not enormous jumps, but across the board, every stat is kind of moving in the right direction. And then beyond that, I think he's the Raptors' best individual one-on-one defender. I think he's another guy that has a pretty good all-defense case. Uh, He guards the other team's best player pretty much every night, regardless of what position they're at. Um, They use him two through four defensively, and then while they've had all these injuries, they've expanded that to sometimes even putting him on centers, sometimes putting him on point guards. Uh, So he's their most important man-to-man defender uh, and probably their most versatile. And then he's done a really good job if you – you know, I know the NBA.com matchup data is pretty flaky and we can't rely on it too much. Uh, but as you sort through that, you start to see that star level players just don't get their shots off as much uh, when Ananobi's guarding him. I think that kind of confirms uh, the eye test as well, that he he's, does a good job of keeping the ball out of the hands uh, of the opposing team's best player. And then of late, he's been stealing the ball like crazy, getting a ton of uh, kind of coast to coast dunks off of it. Uh, but I've been impressed. I know people maybe wanted to see more than a three and a half point per game jump given that his minutes took a big leap and there are kind of these opportunities with Leonard and Green gone but I think he's pretty much right on track especially when you factor in just how good he's been defensively well let's talk about the man who's really made the biggest um, splash this season for the Raptors and that's Pascal Siakam 23.6 points 36% from three I mean he's making almost 50% of the shots that he's taken. And that's just miraculous uh, to see this guy take the leaps that he's made. And this was a late first round pick. He's only been in the league three years, but he's become probably the Raptors best player and he's becoming elite. Did you see this jump coming from Pascal Siakam? And do you think this is a guy that the Raptors, I mean, clearly they're going to have to build around him for the future, but what, what do they need to put with him to continue this success in Toronto? Yeah, I think, you know, I didn't, I didn't think it would go this smoothly right away. Like I I knew obviously that they were going to put this role on him and he was going to be tasked with, you know, taking this many shots and carrying this heavy a load. Um, he's been pretty good though. And I, I know there have been, there have been stumbles. He's struggled a little bit finishing around the rim over the last month or two. Um, there have been some games where elite defenses or uh, opposing, um, you know, top-end opposing defenders have given him some trouble. But you look at his numbers on the whole, and he's taken this huge jump in usage. Uh, his efficiency's come down because he's gone from being a role player to being a, a starring player, and, and that's to be expected a little bit. Uh, but I think he's on the right track. Again, the the threes you mentioned, a lot of those are pull-up threes, which is an important thing for a player like that to have in his kind of offensive arsenal. Um, you know, he probably needs to get better at when he does get into the paint, uh, either finishing strong or getting to the line a little bit more. Um, he doesn't get to the line at an elite rate right now. And then really, I think the next step for him is as a playmaker. And I, his assists are up a little bit this year, um, but considering how often he has the ball in his hands, um, he probably you probably can't say statistically he's improved as a passer. Um, you're seeing it a little bit more lately the team's giving him a lot of opportunities to run the offense down the stretch, especially in fourth quarters. Uh, and then he's, you know, he's seeing double teams. He's seeing traps and, and he's navigating those pretty well. Um, in terms of what the Raptors need to put around him, I think they're on the right track. I think when they're healthy, they have a couple of shooters at the guard positions in Lowry, Van Bleet and Powell who can space out and give them that, give them those kickout options. I think Lowry and Van Bleet can both work in the pick and roll with him, either screening for him to get him a smaller guy 
or with the ball in their hands so that they can kind of get Siakam attacking on the move. Um, I think OG Ananobi is a nice compliment to him because that means Siakam doesn't have to guard the best player on the opposing team. Uh, Siakam's still a very active defender and important to the Raptors kind of team concept where he scrambles around and switches a lot and closes out aggressively, especially when they go zone. Um, but Ananobi lets Siakam not take you know, he might not have to take the Giannis assignment in a playoff series, or he might not have to take the Ben Simmons assignment in a playoff series. And that's important given the offensive role that he's carrying right now. So um, I think the goal longer term or medium term even will be to, you know, try to find a second star to pair with Siakam. And I don't know that stylistically it matters that much so much as getting more talent around him um, and continuing to build that way. Uh, but I think they're in a good spot right now with the, the shooting they have around him in the defense. Um, you know, the next step is, for Siakam to, you know, the rest of this season and into the playoffs for them to kind of get a look at what type of number one guy Siakam is going to be and whether that, you know, some number one guys can push to being a 1A guy. Some guys pop out as kind of a 1B or a really good number two guy. And, and that's what the rest of the season is about. And especially the playoffs is seeing just where Siakam registers on that. And that kind of dictates how you build from there. Where do you see the Raptors finish? Or, I shouldn't say where do you see him finish, but who would you like to see in the in the playoffs? Like, what seeding would you want to see? Would you want to see him get the two seed so they can avoid Milwaukee until the Western Conference Finals, or do you think there's a matchup that maybe favors the Raptors a little better coming in the the first or second round? Who who do you want to see coming into coming into Toronto uh, for the postseason? Yeah, I think, you know, that two seed's really important. There are three games up on Boston now, but uh, depending on the model you look at, that only gives Toronto maybe a 75 to 80% chance of holding on to the two seed. Uh, Boston owns the tiebreaker right now, and they play next Friday, so that'll be a huge game. Uh, if the Raptors can win that one, that not only evens out the tiebreaker, but it gives them uh, an extra game on Boston. Lose that one, and it's effectively like losing two games because you then punt the tiebreaker and Boston catches up with you a game. So um, that's a huge game for them. I think the drop-off between playing Indy or Philly and playing Brooklyn or Orlando is enormous. I think home court in the second round is really important, uh, You know whether that ends up being Boston or Miami in the three-seed. Uh, you know, you would want home court against either of those teams, especially in a in a Boston series. I think you'd want you'd really want home court for a game seven there. Um, so I think, yeah, I think the two seeds probably the goal. I think, you know, even with Giannis hurt, six and a half games is too much to catch up to the one seed with 18 to go. And the Raptors have, you know, not a not an elite strength of schedule down the stretch, but they got a pretty tough one playing twice against Milwaukee, once against Boston, Miami and Philly, a um, couple of uh couple of games against those Western Conference teams that are fighting for playoff spots. So uh, I think the two seeds, the goal, I think the, they'd be disappointed to slide into the three, and that would that would kind of harm their chances of making a run as far as the Eastern Conference finals or further. So, uh, yeah, the two seeds, the focus, and I think it, whether it's Brooklyn or Orlando doesn't really matter to them. It's about avoiding the Philly, Indy, Miami, 3-6, and then it's about having home court advantage in the second round. Last question, and then I'll let you go, and I appreciate all the time and the insights you've given us today about the Raptors. Uh, this is more of a general NBA question. There's a lot of rumors going around, and there's some serious talk about the NBA potentially uh, just ending the regular season early so they don't lose playoff time. What do you think of that with, with this coronavirus issue? What do you think about that? What's your thoughts on 
the media having to stay back and, and, you know, potential for playing games in empty arenas. I know they, they don't want to take a hit on the salary cap next season. So that's another issue. But what do you think about all this? Tough. I don't have, um, you know, the medical expertise to, to really know. And obviously this is a situation where me as a, as a reporter and as a fan, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to trust, the leagues and the medical experts that they're going to do what's best. I do think, you know, there's a little right now what's come out so far doesn't look the best because it is so like clearly financial oriented where, um, you know, maybe, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a medical expert, so I don't know if something like holding fans out of the arena is a necessary move or not at this point. But I think, uh, you know, the idea of playing at neutral sites or only playing in unaffected cities and stuff, that's that's maybe trying a little too hard to avoid losing revenue when what that would suggest to me is that this is a problem where you need to shut down for a little bit. Um, I don't know I don't know that, sh- that shutting down the regular season early to, to start the playoffs on time would do anything. Like, I just, I don't know enough about how the disease projects from here and how the spread of it projects from here. Like, I don't know if shutting down now makes mid-April playoff start more likely or, or what. So uh, I'm a little ignorant as to the, the science there and the, the kind of data projection. So I'm not sure. I think obviously it would be disappointed, disappointing to lose games. The bottom of the West has that really interesting playoff race. I'm sure people would like a, a more fair shakedown of two through six uh, in, the, in the Eastern Conference. But, you know, at the end of the day, this is a, this is a public health thing more than a basketball thing. And, and I, I'm sure the league doesn't want to put their players and their personnel at risk. And I'm sure they don't want to risk having to punt the playoffs. So whatever they have to do between now and then, uh, and whatever the medical experts suggest, I'm sure they're going to follow. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, it's a, it's a weird situation. The, the information that's out there isn't always clear or consistent. So uh, it's a tough one from a, from a fan perspective or, or even from a media perspective to know exactly what to expect from here. Yeah, it's it's. We'll have to kind of just wait and see, play it by ear, see what happens. But uh, Blake, I appreciate you jumping on the show and talking Raptors with us and giving us all your insight and some great stuff here. Uh, won't you let our listeners know where they can keep up with you, follow you, and you know keep up with your work? And um, we'd love to have you back on soon. Maybe when the playoffs get going, if and when they get going. Uh, but absolutely, let our listeners know where they can find you at. Yeah, they can find all my works at The Athletic Toronto. So you go to theathletic.com and you can find it there uh, if you're listening and don't subscribe. Uh, if you go to theathletic.com slash we the six right now, that's the number six. Um, I think there's a 40% off code on there right now. So uh, that would be a good time, I guess. Uh, also, I'm on Twitter at Blake Murphy ODC and you can find me there. That's uh, all my Raptor stuff is there and tweet out all my work. So um, it used to be when I did these podcasts, I wrote for like seven or eight different places at once. But now I'm just at The Athletic. It's nice and simple. Yeah, uh, the athletic. Uh, if you don't subscribe, you should. Uh, we subscribe here here too, and on Wide Men Can't Jump, we use it a lot for uh, research and for when we do these interviews with all these different people. So uh, the athletic is a fantastic uh, site, and we highly recommend it. And some of the best writers and talkers and people on the show work at the athletic, like Blake here. So go support them. Use that forty percent off. I wish I had that code back when I signed. <laughs> Check it out, The Athletic. Well worth the money. Thanks so much, man. Oh, no problem. Thank you for coming on the show, and uh, we'll hope to have you back real soon, man. Thank you. All right. Thanks, man. 
Well, well, that was my conversation with Blake Murphy. But while that interview was playing, uh, more breaking news, and I'm not even going to play the music. Um, apparently, we figured out what happened in uh, Oklahoma City. Rudy Gobert tested positive for coronavirus, and uh, the NBA has suspended the season. So the NBA season is uh, done indefinitely. Um, surprise move comes out of nowhere. Apparently, Gobert tested positive for coronavirus, and uh, I'm assuming that I again, this, I think it's a HIPAA violation to take that, but I don't know. I'm just, like I said, I'm sitting here trying to digest all this. I'm, I'm trying to understand where they're coming from, but I'm, I'm just having a hard time understanding. But, but in the same breath, I, part of me is going, all right. So they've got, at least they have a positive test to work with. So that does change things to some degree. Um, so I suppose they need to take the uh, step to make sure that nobody else has got it on the team. Uh, and I and I guess, you know, like you said, I mean, you can have it for, what is it, two weeks and not know you have it for symptoms, something like that. And in that ballpark anyway, from what I understand. So, like, what do you do? Do you just keep them, let them keep flying all over the place and just pretend, you know, like, I mean, it's they're kind of stuck in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's weird. Like, you and I, when we went on this show, we, we did not see this coming, like when we started tonight. No, I figured they would take the step that there was probably a pretty good chance that they would go to no fans. And that's basically, I think, this is, I think this is what's going to happen. One of two things. Either they will kill the season and wait for, I believe, the uh, – it's two weeks or three weeks, I think, somewhere in there. They wait that long. That doesn't change the playoff, uh, uh, the, the uh, logistics of it. Time frame is all the same. They don't have to worry about trying to uh, rebook dates and buildings and all that stuff because that's already all done ahead of time. Um, or they come up with some kind of a shortened playoff season or something along that lines. You know, I don't know what they're going to do. Um, I think they'll take a month off. I mean, you got about a month of the regular season left. Uh, they'll take... that's, that's what makes the most sense is to just go, okay, the season is officially over at this right now. Yeah. The, the standings are what they are. The playoffs will start in the same date. They would have started, whatever that is, April, whatever. And the, or May or whenever the hell it is, I don't even know. Yeah, and absolutely. and and we go from there, because by the, by then we're either so deep in it it doesn't matter, or there can't be anybody, there shouldn't be anybody, it shouldn't be a concern anymore, one or the other. So, yeah, I mean that's that's kind of really all you can do, and this is a, I don't know, this is kind of didn't see this it, coming. It's it's awful weird. I mean, it's not something, you know, I have no, uh, I mean, I lived through the SARS thing, but that never really left the city of Toronto in Canada. So and Zika and West Nile and all that, I mean, I don't know. That and... Well, H1N1 it was a big deal and nothing happened out of that one. So um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the answer is. 
I, well, I apparently, guess. uh, commissioner Gary Batman of the NFL is preparing a statement. That's the of rumor the N- of, of the NHL. Isn't that what I said? You said NFL. Okay. NHL. Forgive me. I apologize. So yeah, the NHL see the commissioner is, uh, preparing a statement. Yeah, yeah oh, man. It, it's uh, it's going to be interesting because I'm going to guess I wouldn't be at all surprised if they pull the plug. I really wouldn't. Apparently, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what we can. Uh... It's a real downer. We're gonna we're gonna. This is going to be without a doubt the biggest downer we've ever ended on without fail. Yeah, it sucks. Um, bigger, I mean, to be honest, a bigger downer for me personally than the Kobe thing. Because we weren't, I mean, mind you, that would have been worse if we'd have been on the air when it happened. But, and we weren't. But, um, yeah. oh, there she, there's the commissioner calling me. Yeah, there it is. Well. Yeah, I, I don't know. I man. guess I we'll, guess uh. I guess we call it a night and we let things develop and see what happens. Yeah, and uh, we'll see what we can do next week, uh, see what we can come up with. Uh, so, yeah. All right, retro, guys, thank you so much. show next week. Yeah, we'll see what happens and what we can uh, – I don't know. We'll, we'll come up with – we'll be back next week, I'm sure, with yeah, something. Oh, we'll yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be here. I mean, there, there will be some kind of an announcement here going forward. They're, they're going to have to – they're going to have to say more than they've said. I mean, that's not good enough. Um, and reporters yep. will start digging. Reporters will start digging. And they and, uh, and, and you uh, know, we'll we, normally this is the time of year that we really look forward to uh, because you get closer to the NBA playoffs. March Madness gets started. Um, it may or may not still. We don't know. Uh, we're we're going to play the waiting game. So we'll let you guys know what happens. And uh, Stay tuned. Check Twitter out. We'll be on Twitter. We'll be active. We'll let you know what's going on. And in the meantime and in between time, uh, Tim, anything you want to say before we get out of here? Uh, no, you know, I'm as, I'm as speechless as I'm going to get. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Uh, NBA season suspended, and hopefully uh, we'll have a timetable of when it comes back. So uh, it's a downer, and uh, it sucks, but it's part of life. So we'll uh, we'll get by. Um, you know where to follow us you know where to find us iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, all those cool places Uh, he's Tim I'm Nate Um, have a good night thanks for listening to this broadcast on the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump you can check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash wide men can't jump for more exclusive content only available to our Patreon members You can find this program and others like it on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and more. Just search Wide Men Can't Jump. Thanks to our sponsors, the Law Offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com, stripcamfun.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, located at facebook.com slash atomiccomicsandcollectiblesllc, and Stay Classy Meets. Well, you can check them out at stayclassymeats.com and use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order and receive a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Follow us on Twitter at WideJump, and be sure to keep up with all the content that's being posted there. 
Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Wide Men Radio Network.